You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right with host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I'm happy to share another exciting hour with you. Trust. It is that special something that builds relationships and lasting bonds. Trust can never be bought. It has to be earned. In fact, it takes a lifetime to build and just a split second to squander away. Chris Butler was right when he said, trust is earned when actions meet words. I have my own personal philosophical interpretation of forgive and forget. My personal interpretation is I forget, I forgive the person's actions that made me realize that, you know, they're not trustworthy, but then I also forget the person from there on. I do not maintain a relationship with them. I do not get into business with them because once trust is broken, it is broken forever. And I'm not alone in that. A lot of people go through this life learning who to trust, who not to trust. Sometimes we trust people and we are disappointed in them. And we are seeing more and more of fallout resulting from trust in our community around us. Ultimately, who we are and how we act are instrumental in building that authenticity around us And without authenticity, there can be no trust. People need to see our thoughts, our words, our actions all be congruent. And being open and honest with factual information, no matter how hard the truth is to swallow, is important to building trust. A lot of times people tell us what we want to hear, and it's hard to build trust based on that because that's really not a fertile ground for building trusted relationships. There is also no trust without transparency. We live in a time in the United States where no one trusts anyone any longer, and it's hard to watch our social discourse. We are seeing an era where there is eroding public trust, trust in institutions, trust in civil society, and trust in fellow citizens are also becoming questionable. Stephen Covey said accountability beats responsibility and accountability breeding responsibility is something that helps us realize they go hand in hand, accountability and responsibility. And when we are accountable and we take responsibility for our thoughts, actions and words, then we're creating an environment where trust can grow. And accountability is not only what we do, but it is also what we do not do for what we are accountable. And it is my hope that this idea we are basing our conversation on, our episode today on, 
which is also congruent to the value proposition of the not-for-profit I'm a part of, AGA Greater Chicago Chapter, that we are going to get to the bottom of why is trust important? Why is why is it that we are seeing an erosion of the trust and what we need to do to course correct is going to be the thrust of the conversation. And our organization embodies this vision and hopes that we can call upon our audience and people who are interested in helping us build this trust back in our society to share this journey with us, not just in conversation, but in action. Our organization's mission is transforming government accountability through collaborative leadership and innovation to build sustained community of public-private university partnership for a shared prosperity. And our first annual conference in Chicago will be focused on building trust. And we are honored, extremely honored, to have Bob Whipple, the trust ambassador, as our keynote. Bob is here today as my guest for a second time Our audience loved him the first time he was here and very excited to share the fact that he's going to be in this episode having this exciting conversation with us to discuss building trust with transparency. As we get the word out to engage professionals from all sectors to come together and rebuild trust, we appear to have lost along the way. It is very important to hear what Bob has to say and take the nuggets of information and build on it to help us build this roadmap. Bob, welcome back to the show. So happy to have you Thank you, Cass. I know last time we talked about trust and we went into details of what are the components of trust and what helps us build that trust. I want to start today with trying to understand why trust is critical when organizations start building themselves and trying to get to a place they need to get to. Yeah, the my observations uh, stem back for over 30 years of research in leadership. I've been a student of leadership for probably close to 45 or 50 years, and I've come to the conclusion through my own experiences working as a, as a leader and a senior leader in a Fortune 500 company that uh, the, the bottom line is that trust is the center point. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to happen in order for an organization to be successful. And quite frankly, the worldwide pressure for top performance isn't getting any easier. It's getting tougher all the time. And organizations that are able to create an environment of low fear and a culture of high trust perform at a rate that's so much higher than the average companies do that it's just remarkable. I've read several different studies um, on this and found that it's somewhere between two and five times more productive if you have an an organization of very high trust. Basically, I think of trust as like a lubricant. What What oil does for an engine allows the engine to run at a cool, without overheating, and allows everything to work the way it was designed. If you try to run an engine without the oil, it will run for a little bit of time, 
but it will quickly overheat and seize up and will never work again. So trust to me is sort of like the lubricant that makes all the moving parts of an organization work well together, be aligned and, and, and you know, function in a highly productive way. Does that make sense, Cass? Makes total sense. Makes total sense. And it's interesting use use the word lubricant and to me it also eliminates friction it eliminates the noise it eliminates all the waste of energy that friction causes and i'm also fascinated the fact that you tied the culture of fear into it too many organizations tend to run itself based on authoritative hierarchical fear-based uh, incentives, right? Punitive culture. Yes, and I have a quote that I I like to use on, on that mm-hmm. that I believe is really literally true. That the absence of fear is the incubator of trust. Totally. So that trust will tend to grow. Trust between people and within an organization will tend to grow almost spontaneously mm-hmm. if, uh, if there's very low fear. So when I work with organizations, and one of the, you know, I have lots of suggestions of different behaviors that leaders can do to help foster trust. And the bottom line is one of the key things is to take a look at how, how much fear there is. How, how afraid are people to speak up? Uh, Are they free to say what they really believe is true without worrying about being punished and things like that? Mm -hmm. So I call that reinforcing candor. If leaders can um, make people feel that it's safe for them to say what they need to say, that uh, frees them up and that provides that kind of, um, what I call it is a real environment. We're not playing Mm -hmm. games with each other. We're, we're really uh, going for it in a real way. And when people see that, they respond with all of their heart and energy. They, they yes. love it. And, yes. uh, and, and it, so, it also allows people to show up in their authentic self. Therefore, they are more comfortable to give their all. That's right. I found that to be true. Mm-hmm. And when you find low trust, there is fear, and what, what the fear does is it keeps people down and it keeps people um, unmotivated because mm-hmm. they're, they're not free to be able to, to express themselves. So it, like, destroys creativity is, a, is, a, is one example of mm-hmm. what happens because people just don't go out on a limb to, to suggest creative ideas to for solving problems, for example. Mm-hmm. Rather, they'll be quiet and, and play it safe so that they don't get mm-hmm. hurt, so that the whole organization kind of slows down and just just idles along. And what you're getting, and I think many organizations, I wouldn't say all, but, but, but many organizations are getting less than 30% of the capacity that they have within the people that they already have on board. 
<laughs> I know, and that is such a one of the single largest wastes in an organization is the knowledge and the skill, and the innovation, innovative ideas of people are underutilized or not utilized. And you are right. right. That's right. And and so when when people are pushed pushed down or held mm-hmm. down. And they don't. They aren't. They aren't free to express themselves or even challenge what's going on. You have a phony atmosphere. You have an atmosphere in which people are looking out for themselves instead mm-hmm. of focusing on what we're really trying to accomplish. Let's say we're coming out with some new products, or we're trying to uh, take cost out in order to lower the price to to gain more market share. Whatever we're trying to do. If you have high trust, you have the people in the organization all focusing on that particular thing that we're trying to accomplish right now. If you have an organization of low trust, what you'll find is that people, instead of being focused on the objective or the vision, they're focusing on each other, and they're trying to protect their turf or make sure that nobody eats their lunch or all kinds of things like that that go on in low trust environments. So it's, it's just a huge leverage that you get when you have higher trust. You might say that sometimes we have to do difficult things. And certainly in, in today's environment, when there's tremendous worldwide competition for products mm-hmm. and costs and things like that, um, sometimes difficult things need to be done. And you can do those things successfully and maintain trust if you know how to do that, do it the right way. So if getting people involved in, hey, hey these are difficult things, mm-hmm. and making sure we're all on the same page, we have a strategy that we all agree on, uh, and, mm-hmm. and our behaviors. One of the things that I find that's quite often missing in organizations is they'll have a set of values that they try to follow, but in mm-hmm. fact, they only follow them when it's convenient to follow them. And that when, is an excellent point. I want to dig into that, but can we uh, give us some time after the break to come and dig into that with a lot of examples so that we can give our audience some illustrative situational uh, visualization? Okay, let's do it. Thanks, Bob. What's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter? You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, 
please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing, and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today. listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us in the episode, Building Trust with Transparency. And having this conversation with me is Bob Whipple, the Trust Ambassador. Bob, when we went for break, uh, we were talking about having values and having the courage to follow those values. And you were going to go deeper into that conversation with examples. So take it away. Yeah, what I find is in, in many cases, not all, but in many cases, uh, organizations have done a uh, decent job of coming up with a set of values that they say mm-hmm. they believe in. And so there will be all kinds of lofty statements. And yet when you ask them point blank, and I do in, in my workshops with senior leaders, I'll turn around and say, okay, you've got your set of five or six values here. Let me ask you a question. Do you always follow the values, even when it's difficult to do? Mm-hmm. And then I get kind of a uncomfortable pause, and finally someone will blurt out, well, well we try. And, of course, that's the wrong, <laughs> the wrong answer. It's I not, know. It, it's not acceptable to try to follow. Because think of it this way. The values are the bedrock that everything is built on. All the trust is built on, whether or not mm-hmm. we're really following the values on a daily basis, especially when it's difficult to do. That's when you build trust. The fastest is when you say something like, wow, this is tough. This is costing us money, or this is taking extra effort, um, uh, and and yet it's the right thing to do. I'll give you an, an example mm-hmm. of, of a, a contractor working in my home, and they were, we had specified semi-gloss paint for, to paint uh, our kitchen, and they had uh, they had instead painted the whole kitchen. They did the whole kitchen and painted it in the right shade, but they used matte paint rather than semi-gloss. And we, and my wife looked, looked at it when she came home and she said, oh my gosh, this is not what we wanted. We wanted semi-gloss paint. And the contractor, without blinking an eye, said, well, okay, 
then we'll repaint the entire kitchen, which they did at no extra mm-hmm. cost. And that's when values matter, when it's not convenient. Yes. It's mm-hmm. easy to follow the values when it's convenient. Mm-hmm. But when it's not convenient and it's costing you money or extra work, that's when people know that you're serious about your values. Yes, I and I have a fun... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, one that, one that always bothers me is when I go into a company and in the lobby there will be a value that says, people are our most important asset. And I think, oh, how great is that? People are our most important asset. But when you realize that it, that means that if the market goes soft and there's not enough demand for your product, you're not laying people off. You're training them and getting them ready for the next uh, upswing in the market. Mm-hmm. And most companies can't operate that way. Interesting you bring that up because my very first job was with a British bank. And they did precisely that. When automation came around in the 90s, they reskilled everybody. People thought that we, they were going to get laid off, but no. They had a personalized reskilling plan for technology skills for every single person. And they were assigned training programs, and they all kept their jobs. And the other thing that comes to my mind is I work for a company. Um, I'll name the company Aon. I work for Aon. After 9-11, we lost our entire New York office in Twin Tower 2, and our data backup was in Twin Tower 1. And at a time where we are measured by uh, performance on the street, the company made a decision to make whole on all the insurance because the insurance company said we were an insurance broker, but our uh, Coverages wouldn't go into effect only because companies said this is terrorism, therefore not covered under the small print of all the insurance policies. But Pat Ryan and the board made a decision to take money out of the operating profits and make people whole while we dealt with the insurance companies. It took us two years to get that money. In the meantime, the street didn't reward us for it. But it was truly, truly uplifting to be a part of an organization that understood. Aeon literally means oneness in the Irish Celtic language. And they upheld the meaning of their name at the worst time in terms of humanity and the worst time in terms of profitability because that's the time businesses were really struggling, right? Because of what had happened. And it was really uplifting and till today I'm proud to have been a part of that organization because of how courageous they were in sticking to what was right. And That's not a many people, story. And not many organizations have the courage and I have learned when I'm in those situations and people say I try, I've learned to interject humor and ask them if they are fans of Star Wars and <laughs> nine out of ten they'll say yes and I say well then you know Yoda, I'm going to quote Yoda, do or do not, there is no try. And it's a nice way for me to get the message across, even in an environment where they may not be receptive to the truth. Right. But what I was so, saying before the mm-hmm. break is about the values, that the values are not are only part of the work that you have to do. You have to also come to agreement on what behaviors, how, how are you going to treat each other in an organization? It's not enough to stop at the values. You have to have the behaviors and say, this is how we're going to 
behave. Uh, and there's a number of them that organizations come up with that really make a difference. When the chips are down, you need to say, well, okay, so we're going to, for example, a behavior might be, we're going to act like adults. <laughs> You'd be surprised in organizations how often you'll find employees acting like children. Why would that even be an issue when we have to be adults to go to work, right? Yeah. Well, it's not be adults. It's act like adults. We, we are, we're, it, biologically, we're all adults, but quite often we're having tantrums or uh, you know, fussing about this or that or you know, yes. just being bullies or whatever. Uh, we'll act like children, having food fights. You can have things, not literal food fights, but, 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 but food fights nonetheless. Uh, Uh about, uh, you know, where we're throwing things at each other emotionally. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's just as important to have not only the values documented, but also some key behaviors of how we're going to treat each other. Hmm. I see the importance of that. Excellent point. So how can, if the culture at the top is not conducive to this, can employees drive a change in behavior? Could there be enough of people coming together to make the change from the bottom up? It's not, it's not likely to happen. Here's what you get. In, mm-hmm. in an organization, especially a large organization, you can find certain pockets where the leader in that area uh, does understand how to build a great culture, a culture of high trust, and does understand... What his, I'm going to use a male pronoun here, so I won't have to keep saying he or she. But I recognize I'm. This is it's not gender specific. Uh-huh. But so so the leader understands what he has to do in order to build and maintain trust, and is mm-hmm. able to do that within his sphere of influence. And so from that point on down in the organization, uh, there can be a pretty good, robust culture of trust. But having said that, it's very clear that the culture of an organization is influenced more by the behaviors of the top senior most leaders than any other single factor. So if you have senior leaders who are basically uh, not, uh, not using behaviors that are indicative of trust trust culture, then what you have is a disconnected um, uh, uh, organization. And that, that's like, let's go back to the engine thing. You can have mm-hmm. part of the engine running just fine, but if the brains of the engine... <laughs> If the, yes. if the you know uh, aren't working correctly, then the timing is going to be off. And even though each cylinder in 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 the machine is capable of of working correctly and is well lubricated and everything else like that, the machine itself is not going to run well because mm-hmm. it, it it's it, it comes from the top. The culture really comes from the top. So the tone at the top is essential, and for the culture to change, the tone has to change how good people will self-select out, 
Normally, that's right. what happens, right? Right. And you'll be surprised at how many organizations I go into and I'm working with the senior leaders, and they're complaining that all the supervisors don't have the skills and, and the engineers or the design people are not talking to manufacturing and the sales people are not talking with the service people and all, all of these things that are wrong with the organization, and that's why we're doing terrible. And um, I politely listen, but then say, you know, I think what we need to do is take a look in the mirror here at the source of the problem, because the culture that you have here is perfectly designed to get you the awful results that you're finding, Mm -hmm. and that is designed by the senior people. So what we have to do is go to work and change the culture at the top. Now, how much is the ego at the top driving this? Well, there, I have a whole program on uh, on uh, what happens, how you how you deal with if you have, say, a narcissist at the top of the organization, which is not all that uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who has low emotional intelligence, uh, but is a real hard driver and got to mm-hmm. where he is by. Uh, you know, basically beating people up, okay? Showing so, results by beating people up, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so what happens is you get that kind of environment and the, that person has been rewarded over his career with uh, promotions based on getting things done, even if he got them done uh, not the right way. And so, so it's very hard for that person. And by the way, what generally is... Is descriptive of is that person will have low emotional intelligence. Yes. He simply uh-huh. doesn't see uh, how he is being viewed by most of the people in the organization. Uh-huh. He can't see and their fear, and so therefore mm-hmm. thinks everything's pretty good. Fine. <laughs> yes, but that doesn't mean they're not sensitive about what impacts them. I have seen people who have very low EQ, emotional quotient, and therefore yeah. emotional intelligence is very low, but they're highly sensitive about anything that affects them. And they can be very caring when it comes to things that they care about, but not when it comes to managing people. And I'm always dumbfounded about how can they not see the difference if they can care so much? How does that happen? Uh, it, Daniel Goleman was the father of emotional intelligence back in mm-hmm. the 1980s and 70s. And, and Goleman uh, made an interesting quote about that, and that is that, that leaders who have low emotional intelligence also have the most significant blind spots. They cannot see the problem. Mm -hmm. And so I run into all the time senior leaders who have large egos and are driving and driving and getting results through intimidating people. And Mm -hmm. what they're really doing is operating at a small fraction of what's really available so and they're getting by, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting by and they're being able to put in earnings and stuff like that. So therefore, they're allowed to continue. But, but what's a crime is they're operating at a very small percentage, usually less than half 
of the capability that's it's inherent in the people that they have. And everybody's saying, we don't have enough people. We need more people. Well, in general, it isn't the fact that you need more people. What you need is the culture that gets more mm-hmm. uh, voluntary, uh, discretionary effort out of the people that are already there. Because they're happy to be there and they're ready to give more because they take pride in being a part of this. That's an excellent point. You know, let's go to a let's go to a second break, come back and pick this okay. conversation back up. Okay. Thank you, Bob. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's KASHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing, and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today. listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleashing a Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us on the episode, Building Trust with Transparency. And here with me to have this conversation with you is Bob Whipple, the Trust Ambassador. Bob, I, you and I were talking about the keynote you're going to be delivering and the theme the and the tone you're going to set. And one of the things that came up is the erosion of trust we are seeing around us. And it is highly palpable. Um, I have been in the United States now. This is my year 23. And I have seen change 
over time, but never as much as I have seen in the recent past. And I'm curious to hear you share your thoughts and your research on what is causing this and why why we are seeing what we are seeing or anything you can do to shed light on that. Yes, in fact, it's it's so dramatic, it's uh, it's astonishing. There's a metric uh, that measures trust, probably the most reliable metric we have on culture in an organization. It's called the Edelman Trust Barometer. Richard Edelman has a staff, and that's all they do all year long is measure trust in, in countries and then track it year after year so they can see where trust is gaining and where trust is being lost, etc. And they come out with a report every February. So we just got a report here about a month ago uh, that about what, what had happened in the year 2017. And in the United States, the, we had a kind of free fall in terms of trust. It uh, it was the most dramatic that they have ever seen by almost a factor of two. Generally, a country, they basically, they, they boil all different vectors. They have trust in business, trust in the government, trust in NGOs, non-government organizations, and trust in the media. They have a whole bunch of, bunch of factors, and then they come up with a trust index mm-hmm. for each of 28 different countries. And they track it year after year. And if a country changes by a percentage point or two or something like that, they don't even bother to comment on it. It's just noise in the measurement. But when when a country changes in trust more than 5% from year to year, they go in and they find out what in the heck's going on over there. Like they might say, what happened in France? Because France went down by 6% its percentage points in one year, you almost never see anything higher than 10% uh, in a trust index from one year to the next within an individual country. It never goes above 10%. Well, it turns out that in the year 2017, in the United States, we went down 23% in one year which is the, the greatest change, you know, the worst degradation that they've ever seen in a particular country in one year. In fact, at the, at the end of 2016, the measurement was that the United States was the sixth highest trusting country in the world. So there were some countries that were higher trust than us, but we were sixth from the top. At the end of 2017, we were the worst. We were the lowest trust country in the world. And that's us judging ourselves. It's not others judging us. It's us judging ourselves. So the, the, the precipitous freefall in trust was breathtaking, to say the least. So it represents a huge challenge for us going forward because every one of us, whether we're in government, business, nonprofit, wherever we're operating, we're operating mm-hmm. against a background of much lower trust. Mm-hmm. So that is truly the mood and tenor of what's going on, right? Yep. And, and there's a number of factors that are driving mm-hmm. that to happen. It's not just one thing. It's, um, you know, the whole Me Too 
uh, situation that was uh, where we can't, where where you can't trust people in power to do to to be reasonable and behave correctly. You have the whole situation where the president has problems finding the ability to tell the truth and mm-hmm. have the story not have to change every few days. You have all kinds of other situations in the media, for example. Uh, the media is hard to believe because you can dial in whatever news you want to hear. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and the different media outlets are shooting at each other. So, so when you want to go and find what reliable information really is, it's a little bit hard to do. Yes, so democratization of information through social media has created the situation where anybody can create news and not all news is real and hardly anything is corroborated or verified. So so we really have a, a pickle that has been created here in mm-hmm. 2017 and we're now living a quarter of the way through 2018 and almost halfway through and uh, we're operating against that backdrop and the thing that's astonishing, Cass, is that very few people are aware of that dramatic shift. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the information came out in February, but most people aren't paying attention to it the way I do. I study it every year uh, for a couple of weeks when the new report comes out. And this year, when I saw the numbers, I felt like reaching for an oxygen mask. It was that astounding. And if we don't talk about it, then we are not aware of it. Therefore, we're not going to address it, right? Isn't that part of the concern? Well, what we need to do is establish, number one, that that's reality, uh, there's no point in, in denying it and saying it didn't happen. I, I, I really cringe when leaders say it oh, no. never happened. Well, it has happened, and we are, we are, as a society, forced to deal in that environment. So we have no choice but to say, okay, that's the reality. We have to face the dreaded reality and say we're not in a very good shape here at all. And now... It's our choice to figure out what we're going to do about it. It's not like uh, you you can ignore it. We can ignore it as long as we want, but the country will just degrade and become a a third world country uh, because you can't sustain that kind of performance that we've typically enjoyed over the past several decades, Mm -hmm. uh, even our you know hundred years. Um, We can't continue to enjoy that kind of of level of dominance in the world if we have lost that much trust in all institutions in our country. So we, yes. are, mm-hmm. we are forced, and, 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 and I, I think it's, I'm basically optimistic that we'll find ways to deal with it, and, and, but, but I'm desperately trying to get the word out so people understand that the situation has shifted so dramatically that we have to act in a different way or we're mm-hmm. going to uh, have a, a lot more trouble than we ever believed could could happen. And that's a very important point you're making. Burying our heads in the sand like an ostrich and saying it's not happening doesn't make it go away. It's already here, right? So it's it's a 12-step program, right? Standing up and admitting that we have a problem, then we can work on the other 11 steps. That's right. And then then that's, so that's what I do. That's my whole 
uh, mm-hmm. business or reason for existence is to try to help organizations, number one, uh, wake up to the reality of what we have and mm-hmm. to encourage them and to celebrate those organizations that are doing really well. And there are some. There are lots of organizations that I walk into and see just unbelievable enthusiasm and unbelievable uh, astute managers that, that are creating a culture that just is, is just wonderful to see. What we need to do is put those uh, on as examples and say, now what we need is a whole lot more organizations that have been Mm -hmm. able to build that kind of culture consistently and not have it falter. And that's what my business does. That's that's exactly how I earn my living is going in and helping organizations Mm -hmm. and showing them how they can change their behaviors. And it isn't rocket science, but... It's more important than rocket science, in my opinion. Yes, yes. Before we go to the moon, we need to figure out how to live here, right? And that is an excellent point because that's why we are going to have you as our keynote speaker. And when we come back from our final break, I want to talk a little bit about the conference theme, the conference topic, and what our audience can expect to get out of your keynote. So okay. think about it, and we'll uh, get back together right now. Uh, Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing, and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us in the episode, Building Trust with Transparency. And here with me to have this very, very important, in fact, to me, the most important conversation of the year is Bob Whipple, the Trust Ambassador. Bob, I really want us to take a moment in this final segment and talk about what the audience at the Chicago a conference can expect from your keynote on the same topic, building trust with transparency, as we in the greater Chicago area work towards building the right kind of values and behavior to bring the public, private, and the university sectors together to shape the society we need to see so that we can leave this place better than we found it. Yeah, so... My strategy for the keynote, you know, a keynote is a short address, but mm-hmm. uh, so it's not like a full-day workshop or something like mm-hmm. that where I could go into great depth and do experiential things. So my, my approach to the keynote is, number one, to share the reality, to share what, where we are relative to trust in the United States and share some of what I just described to you in a very graphic way so that people mm-hmm. understand the magnitude of the problem and also then turn that to the opportunity that's facing us and yes. and try to uh, instill in them some tools. I have some tools that um, that I share with leaders in my work that can help make a huge difference in their ability to create the kind of culture that we need to do to fight the the the, the loss of trust. And so I'll mm-hmm. be sharing some tools and some fun things that uh, that um, are are useful and helpful for leaders. But at the same time, it's a very sobering uh, kind of keynote because it says that we. If we if we don't do something, if we don't move in the right direction rather quickly, uh, we're going to be hurting a whole lot more than we ever believed mm-hmm. we could. So I'll be trying to paint the reality, and then also paint a pathway that says here's how we can get better. Not just as a particular com- company or particular mm-hmm. group, but as a society. What yes. what mm-hmm. way? What are the the levers that we have available to pull? Because there are some ways that we can move uh, the ball toward the goal line, uh, and that's what we have to start doing, and we have to start doing it very quickly. So that's kind of the uh, essence of of what I'm going to be doing. I'll be reiterating some of the things that I've been talking about in this hour in our previous discussion about what works and what doesn't work. And the fact that we've got to get busy and do this, but so the the first part will be the reality and and looking at the ugly ugliness of the situation, and the second part will be about okay, what are we going to do about it? What can we do about it? And that's kind of where where I'm going to be going in the keynote. And it's important for us to make sure that we get as many people involved in this conversation, since. That is the starting point for understanding where we are and getting the tools of how we work together and the operative word being together to get out of this and get back to the trajectory we were in. Because the longer we stay in this trough, 
the worst case scenario, the harder it is going to be able uh, to get out, right? So the sooner we come out of it, the sooner we work together to help uh, us as a society come out of it, the better it's going to be. And that is going to be our shared mission on June 4th and 5th uh, to get the conversation started, get everybody have the tools so that people can start acting. So as we... Go ahead. Mm -hmm. You really move the needle one one organization at a time. It's like um, it, it isn't all organizations move en masse. It, it's, it's one organization at a time. But what we need to do is is champion those that are doing well and 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 show how how you know people don't realize that if you if you can get a culture of higher trust what you're going to be is so much more profitable than you would be otherwise that why wouldn't you want to do that of course you would but what we need to do is get through it to leaders heads to realize that when they try to run a sweatshop they're really working at cross purposes to what they're what they think they're trying to accomplish. So that'll be part of the, the uh, discussion as well. And that is a very, very good point. Um, as we bring this show to close, what specific nuggets of ideas or words of wisdom do you have for our audience? Well, one is to pay attention to trust. Work the concept of trust into the daily vernacular. Uh, it's not uncommon to have a value ar- around trust. That's okay too. But what what I think we really need to do is is be talking about trust and what causes it and what destroys it as part of our daily uh, bread and butter because it really is. And if we don't realize it, uh, and we think, see, a lot of leaders still believe that that working on trust is kind of touchy-feely stuff that, you know, we're going to sit around the campfire and sing kumbaya. And and, and that's not the case. Trust is a very hard-edged measure. It's easy Mm -hmm. to measure trust in organizations. I do it all the time. And it's easy to point out what areas are creating uh, softness. Let me give you an example. One area that typically jumps out as a problem area is, is the area of accountability. We yes. do not do well in most organizations on accountability. So I've developed a model. I call it the five C's model, where every there are five things that, that begin with the word C, that if you do these things, when you hold people accountable, you will get a better result than we typically do. And that is important, and I am hoping that people will come and attend your keynote and get these insights from the conference and then apply it to their respective organizations so that each person driving change in their organization from top to bottom is going to help us collectively as a society move the needle. I cannot yep. thank you enough, Bob, for coming on the show to talk about trust, to kind of preview some of the insights and tools you're going to share with our audience. Um, And by no means, this is the last time we're going to have a conversation about trust, because if we're going to make this a focus in both our worlds, you do this in my world and you do this in your world. So definitely would love to have you back as we continue this conversation. Thank you so much, Bob. Always welcome to uh, to come and uh, and chat with you. You're a delightful person, 
and uh, a person of very high integrity. Thank you so much, Rob. Appreciate it. And to our audience, um, please visit our AGA Greater Chicago website or email me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com. That is D-R-K-A-S-H-E-N-R-Y at hotmail.com to get details on registering for the conference. Uh, Let's not forget customer loyalty, investor confidence, public trust, and the very viability of possible society is predicated on the foundation of trust. And like we always say on our show, we have an opportunity to drive the transformation we need to see in our society. So as you continue with your day-to-day life, your life journey, remember, every human interaction is an opportunity for our transformation. So go out there and transform lives, transform it with trust and authenticity. And don't forget to start with your own transformation. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.